Welcome back to another episode of Starting Out, a podcast where we share our stories of starting out in this great big world. We talk about our highlights, trials and tribulations, and lessons we've learned along the way. So as you are starting your journey, we hope you can learn from us. So Cor, what's the topic for today? For this episode, we are so excited to announce that we have our first guest speaker on the Starting Out podcast, Mackenzie Green. She is currently studying nutrition at Ryerson University with the hopes of becoming a dietitian in the future. She works part-time as a content developer for a private practice dietitian and also runs an Instagram page and blog called Nibble to Nourish, where she talks about nutrition, wellness, and creating a great relationship with food. She is passionate about intuitive eating, fitness, mindfulness, and how we can use habits to become the best version of ourselves. We also wanted to preface and give our listeners a little bit of a trigger warning first, where in this episode we will talk a lot about body image, as well as perhaps some unhealthy and disordered eating habits as well throughout this episode. Mackenzie, aka Nibble to Nourish, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I can't wait to chat with you guys about this. Amazing. Well, let's dive right into it then. Waste no more time. So we all got to start somewhere. And in this podcast, we always love to go back, especially to high school and what our kind of mindset was then and what our experiences was in high school, because we really believe that it kind of shapes and builds a foundation of really what we talk about mostly in our podcast, which is university life. So to begin, Mackenzie, how was your relationship with food in high school? And what did you think of nutrition at that time? Yeah, so growing up, I always felt kind of uncomfortable in my body. And I think part of that was just being kind of uncomfortable socially in general and kind of figuring out the person that I wanted to be. And I started becoming aware of food and weight at, I would say, a pretty early age, like around grade seven or eight. And I think a lot of my thoughts around food were very tied to wanting to fit in and thinking that if I look thinner, um, I'd be able to fit in more and I'd feel more accepted. Um, so even though this was like grade seven we're talking about, I'd say this was like the beginning of a pretty negative relationship with food in my body. Uh, but then once I got to high school, I made some really close friends and I honestly don't really remember thinking about food that much. Like I was very active. Um, I enjoyed, I played basketball, I lifted weights and I, I just enjoyed eating whatever, basically whatever food I wanted and, and exercising a lot. And it felt really great. But I would say probably around grade 12 is when I started to develop some unhealthy habits around stress eating and using food to manage my emotions because it was last year of high school and it can be a stress time getting ready to start in university. But I didn't really realize this was a, a problem at all, like using food to manage my emotions, because it didn't show up in my body. Like I was super active playing sports and working out. And so eating an entire can of Pringles when I was feeling stressed, mm -hmm. it didn't really seem like it had any negative effect on my life. Yeah, it's really interesting that you talk about the slowly of like the awareness piece of it. I think from what I saw in high school, a lot of people were trying to get into like their prom dresses. Oh, maybe like we getting into our dresses is such like a, oh, on your wedding day, like that only happens on like say yes to the dress. But then I could see that like there was some level of like pressures. Going into university, were you intrigued at nutrition at that point? Or was there something that happened and how this ties into your first degree? Um, yeah, so when I was going into university, I'd never even thought of nutrition as a potential career. Like I had 
not thought about it at all. I don't even think I really knew what a dietitian was. Like I think vaguely I knew what it was, but I did, definitely didn't know about all the context that a dietitian could work in. And um, so I was interested in biology and I thought, you know, I should go into life sciences or health sciences. So that's what I did. And with my for my first degree, I studied health sciences at McMaster. Wow, that's really good. Oh my gosh, what made you ultimately decide to pick health sciences at McMaster? Because I know a lot of people when they hear like, ooh, health science at Mac especially, they're all like, oh my gosh, like crazy to get into. You need to take Casper. You need to take so many tests and like get really high grades. What ultimately made you decide to go this route at McMaster? So it was probably a combination of doing well in school and loving biology and also just binge watching Grey's Anatomy in like grade 11 and 12 that put the idea in my head that I wanted to become a doctor. Um, Maybe like I, I really wasn't sure at that point, but I thought that might be a good thing to do. And so to do health sciences at Mac, uh, I had to write a supplementary application. That was just the main thing that they judge you on. And um, so I applied for health sciences and life sciences programs. And I figured that once I was in university, I would eventually know whether medicine was what I wanted to do. I just figured it out once I was there. And I chose McMaster mostly because I, I got into the program there. And I also knew it offered the flexibility to take lots of electives and find somewhere that I thrived. Like I knew there were, I would be able to take a lot of things that I was interested in. Yeah, I feel like the health science program is very awesome in many different ways. Part of it's like the flexibility. And also I feel like the way that they nurture you guys, where we really liked like your peer tutors and all that. Like, yeah, it's definitely one of like the best programs you can get into. So then I guess like, like I know like there's like so much in first year we talk about this all the time on the pod where when there's like that transition did you feel like you brought on um, some of habits like in high school or did something uh, change especially in your first and second year where you're like new to everything new to student life new to like living on your own when I got to university uh, I loved the experience of being away from home but it was also a tough transition because it was the first time in my life I didn't feel like I was excelling and I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I tied so much of my identity to the things I was doing in high school and the grades I was getting and being involved and playing basketball and, you know, being on teams. And then suddenly in first year, all that was gone. And I kind of hit this point where I'm like, okay, I have to redefine who I am. But At that point, I didn't really have the self-awareness to be like, okay, I need to redefine who I am. Instead, I just felt very lost and didn't really feel like I was thriving. Um, And so I I started to use food to manage those emotions a lot and eating also in um, the kind of like cafeteria style food. Uh, I was basically like eating out every day of the week. And so I started to gain some weight. And my automatic response to that was that I should do more cardio. So I went to the gym, I was on the elliptical all the time on the treadmill. And I kept gaining more weight and not feeling comfortable in my body. I just felt like uh, my body had changed so much from high school. And in first year, I put on about 20 pounds. And when I got home from the summer, I for the summer, I didn't fit into my shorts anymore. And I just like it coming home and finding that just felt so bad because I still had so many negative thoughts as many people in society do associated with weight gain associated with our changing bodies. Um, but I hadn't really learned anything beyond that. I just knew like 
I don't feel good in my body right now. I don't feel like I'm treating my body very well right now. So um, I wanted to change that. But being back at home, my eating habits just kind of normalized and eventually I lost the weight. Um, But then over the summer, I went through a breakup and I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. And so when I got back to school, I just started overeating to, again, like manage my emotions and quickly, like I, I gained weight again. Um, so then around that time, that's when I started following a lot of like fitness and nutrition influencers and, um, getting more into like hit training and circuits and thinking about what I was eating, but it was never like, I want to be the best version of myself. It was always just, I want to be at a lower weight. I want to be the smallest version of myself. Yeah. I, a hundred percent see myself through that story that you just told because in my, when I was in high school I was very involved with like you said like a lot of extracurriculars like my identity was just sports right like like you do your typical what was it like nine to two for classes and then 2 30 you'd have practice and then you practice for two hours and then when I was in high school I had such a strict regimen where it's like school practice and then my nutrition was like I eat enough so that like I could practice like this evening but also tomorrow morning as well and I think I also feel the same where because I didn't play varsity or any competitive sports going into university I felt like that transition was so tough for me especially with like feeling lost about who I am because it's like you're not on the women's varsity basketball team or like you're not on the women's varsity volleyball team whatever team it may be so then it also kind of trickled into like different aspects of my life where I saw myself getting like you said the freshman 20 and it was really difficult for me because I'm like I can't eat the same amount as I did when I was in high school and I was practicing so often and so that's where like my freshman 20 came in also with the shitty centro food and the shitty la pianta <laughs> food let's not get into that but that was also <laughs> what triggered it as well but I think how did you kind of turn that negative situation into a positive one and what do you envision your relationship with food to look like in the near future so nibble to nourish was sort of came out of my my growing interest in like fitness YouTubers. Basically, I started watching one called Sarah's Day, and she was kind of my gateway into nutrition and fitness influencers. And I was taking a writing class that had this very open ended writing project at the end where you could basically do whatever you want. So I'd had this idea in mind for a, a while about creating a blog about nutrition and fitness, and I just thought it'd be a fun hobby. So. Um, I started that for the for the course. And during this time, I was still really struggling with my relationship with food. But I was trying to take on a more balanced approach after seeing my weight go up and down and just being restrictive and then overeating and starting that cycle again. So uh, I was starting to 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 say, okay, what do I want this blog to represent? I want it to represent fueling yourself to do uh, the things that make you happy in life. And that's sort of where the name came from. Like, I wanted to liter- an alliteration. I wanted a name that wasn't alliteration just because it was catchy. But nibble, like eat food to nourish what you want to do in life. And that's where I saw myself going with nutrition. But I wasn't really, I wasn't at that place right there. And I, I was still kind of struggling. Like, how can I eat, eat food that feels good, but not worry about uh, what effect it's having on my body? 
or like changing my body shape in any way. So then basically like my gateway into solving that uh, dilemma was I got this book called Intuitive Eating around Christmas in my third year of university. And I would say that's like the point where things really started to turn around with my relationship with food. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and let us know like what did you learn about intuitive eating and what is it and how did that kind of like yeah like let's talk about that change because it's so pivotal I feel like in these moments where things have gone awry or there's like you have like a little inkling for something but how did this intuitive eating catapult you forward in your journey yeah so I I don't really remember how I first learned about intuitive eating but I remember I got a gift card to chapters for Christmas and I'm like I'm going to go out and buy this book. I'm, I heard about it somewhere. And um, basically intuitive eating, it's a, it's a, it's a 10-step framework. It, it's designed by dietitians. And the goal is to help you build a better relationship with food and your body. And the basics of it are about letting go of the dieting messages that we're all bombarded with in society and on social media. And rather than letting external things determine what you should eat and when you should eat, uh, instead it's about listening to your hunger and fullness cues and being guided by how your body responds to certain foods and how you feel. But it also, within those 10 principles, uh, the 10 steps, it goes beyond just your food choices. It's also about learning to manage your emotions in a healthy way without leaning on food and using exercise to help your body feel good rather than trying to change it. And the last step is is gentle nutrition, which is using nutrition knowledge in a way that allows you to feel great without getting sucked into that dieting mindset. So it's all about how food makes you feel and how food choices are a way for you to take care of your body rather than to manipulate it to be smaller. So for example, if if I was trying with gentle nutrition, I know that when I have a high protein breakfast, I feel more satiated throughout the morning. I have lots of energy. So that's something I'm going to do going forward. And it's not coming from a place of if I eat high protein meals, I'm going to lose weight. It's more, I know that this is going to, this this feels the best for my body. Whereas um, if I had a pastry for breakfast, I, you know, from experience, I know, and from it, it's all about sort of personal experimentation, but I know that my energy levels would probably dip pretty soon after that, like an hour later, and I'd feel hungry again. So it doesn't mean I'm never going to have a pastry for breakfast and I could, I have permission to, to have whatever food I want. But most of the time I try and make the choices that are going to help me feel the best yeah I feel the exact same way where like I it's almost like what you said personal experimentation where like what works for you Anika what works for you Mackenzie might not work for me and vice versa and on the topic because I know you mentioned dieting have you kind of delved into like any um specific diets or like general thoughts about like the dieting aspect I would say my general thoughts are that restrictive dieting doesn't work um (laughs) I feel like that's the the big take home but I've tried a lot of different things. Part of it was is because I've dealt with eczema for my whole life. And so my skin's always just been really red, really itchy. And I've tried a lot of different nutrition approaches to deal with that. So cutting out dairy, cutting out sugar, cutting out gluten, like basically cutting out anything you could possibly cut out. While it was partially coming from the eczema, I was also like in the back of my mind thinking, okay, maybe if I cut this out, I'll, I'll lose weight. I'll, I'll look better. It was all, even though the intention was like, oh, well, it'll help my eczema there's that kind of like diet voice in the back of your mind saying if you do this your body will look a certain way um so yeah i would say i've, I've tried a lot of different things 
and nothing was particularly sustainable for me. I know that, but also different nutrition approaches work for different people. Like for me, counting calories or counting macros, I found it really harmful for my relationship with food, but some people find it to be a good tool. And I think it's all about what works for that person and building a positive mindset around food. And once you, once you build that, then you can kind of, you can experiment with things to see what's going to help you feel the best but I think it's all built on that foundation of a of a strong relationship with food Mm -hmm. especially with calorie counting a lot of my classmates especially in high school they started this but they started using like my fitness tracker or calorie tracker like on app and every lunch they literally input everything they're eating I'm like oh my gosh that's so tedious yeah, I, I'm surprised in high school. That's interesting because I had no idea about any of that. Like, I think I was very lucky in high school with the people that I hung out with. No one really talked about their bodies or about dieting, but I know it is super common in high school. Like, Anika, what you were saying about people trying to fit into their prom dresses. I've heard that from other people, but in terms of the people that I hung out with, I was so, so fortunate to not have that, not be surrounded by that. But yeah, I think and it's it is really shocking if you look back at being a, a 14, 15 year old and being so worried about the number of calories that you're taking in and tracking it at that age. Yeah, for sure. So now that you've kind of developed Nibble to Nourish, basically turned a passion project that you had to do for class and then you carried it out. Now you're ultimately back in school for a second bachelor's degree. Tell us a little bit about that and like what ultimately made you kind of go back to school even. Yeah, so I would say around second year of health sciences, I realized that I wasn't going to pursue medicine. Um, And I think that I was waiting for this kind of aha moment, like I'd be in the anatomy lab and be like, oh, this is for me, like, I want to be a doctor. And that just never came and it never came. So I I got into I, I participated in this mentoring program about different careers when I was I think in third year. And I was interested in occupational therapy or physiotherapy because those were both master's degrees that I could could have chosen to do after finishing health sciences. And the woman that I was paired with was amazing. She was such a great mentor and she um, she was an occupational therapist and got me a phone conversation with her friend who was a physio. But basically through all those, I just realized these are not for me. <laughs> these two careers are not for me. So I, I really didn't know where I was going to go. I was interested in nutrition. I considered holistic nutrition. And then I have a cousin who was studying nutrition and food at Ryerson. And we went out for a family dinner for, for Christmas one year. And she, she was like, oh, have you, because we were talking about our interests. And she's like, have you considered studying nutrition, like becoming a dietitian? And I hadn't really, because it was a whole nother undergraduate degree. I'm like, I, I don't want to do another four years. But she told me that a lot of people in, in that program were transfer students. And right now, like in the program that I'm in, I think 60% of my year is people who have previous university experience. And I do have some transfer credits that the transferred over. So it's going to be three years for me instead of four. But yeah, that was kind of like the that's when I actually started considering it is after talking to my cousin and being like, oh, you know, maybe maybe this is actually an option. And maybe it wouldn't be so bad to go back and do a second degree. I think it's so awesome to hear that, like, you actually had a mentor. I think we are such big advocates of like, if it's okay to go to university and not know what you want to do. And the people that like always say like I knew like since I was born to do this one thing I find that like it's like great for you but like you know there's not sometimes people aren't just like not divinely like picked to do something 
And I love that you got like a mentor and you also explore different paths. And I guess like the big question is like, how did you manage the stress and like the pressure of like not going into medical school, especially when I guess like a little bit of like context that program you're in, it's almost like people do have one track minds of going into medical school. And how did you cope with that? And did it like fuel your fire, like do something else? I think it's very easy to get caught up in thinking that med school is like, this is what I should be doing, or think of how successful I would feel if I got into medical school. And as people started to get in, I I was seeing, oh, look at these people around me doing this, and they're accomplishing so much. Yeah, I definitely did look at that and be like, oh, should I have done this? But when I started to think those things, I brought myself back to my definitions of success and happiness and the, the life I wanted in the future and the things that I valued. And that lifestyle didn't really align with medicine. And to me, success was about doing something that I love that helps other people and using my talents to their full potential. And I was like, okay, medicine is not the only way to do this. There are so many careers that could allow for those same things. So after deciding not to pursue medicine, I actually felt so free. I stopped doing extracurriculars that I thought I should do. And I focused on things that I was really passionate about. So I got involved with working for intramurals and volunteering at a gym on campus, helped people in their workouts who had spinal cord injuries and MS. And I really loved doing that. I thought that might be why I was first interested in physio, but then kind of decided I wasn't that in love with it, but I really did like the the experience volunteering there. And uh, also volunteering at a community housing organization and working there in the summers, being part of a creative writing group. So I really got a chance to explore the things I actually cared about. And considering many different options, nutrition was what I settled on. And I think that even for people who are interested in going into medicine, I think that is the secret is following what you're actually interested in. Because I think I even if I had decided to go into medicine, it would have served me much better focusing on things that really brought me a lot of joy and getting involved in ways that I was passionate about rather than just doing the things that you think medical students or future medical students should be doing. Mm -hmm. I guess like during that period where you were a little bit uncertain about what your future in health sciences look like and you like you said you kind of saw your classmates and everyone around you kind of go and like start getting into medical school even like like the earlier stages like oh sending in applications and starting reading books related to like their interview process like I find that interesting because a lot of people are like oh yeah and then like I'm fine because then I made it but then like we almost like kind of want to dig deeper and be like well like how long time-wise even for example like how long did you kind of like were stuck in that place because a lot of people when they describe it it's like oh it was a moment in like my life and then it was gone but like for you was it like almost like the entire year where you were like uncertain because I know for me in commerce like I felt that for all four years of my life where I'm like I'm still uncertain and this is what I want to do so I'm curious to hear like how long of a period was that for you even yeah, that's a good question. I'm trying to think back because I don't really remember the the period that much. I think it must have been maybe a semester uh, in second year, probably second semester of second year, I think. Once I, in, going into third year, that's when I really started to get involved with some of the other things on campus. And I think at that point, I also realized that in the middle of third year, I realized that I wanted to take some take a year off after I graduated to do something, travel. That was my goal. I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. But once I'd settled on that, I was like, okay, I don't need to decide what I want to do right now. I will have that year off. 
it's that's going to be an amazing adventure and I can decide a little bit closer. So that I, then the pressure was kind of off and I could just focus on doing things I was interested in, working hard at school and reminding myself that there's time to figure this out. It doesn't need to be right now. I love it. There's always time. So now that you've ultimately graduated from health sciences and you're currently doing your second undergrad degree, you also talked about something else that you're currently doing, which is working at the private practice. Tell us a little bit more about that and kind of what you're doing with the private practice. Yeah, so right now I work for a private practice, as you said, and I work there as a content developer. So I make graphics for Instagram and I do do writing for or like I do blog writing and some captions and content for clients to uh, like educational content, uh, sometimes fun things like recipe guides. And I've just been also seeing how it works behind the scenes of a business. And uh, I really got a lot of joy from that. And it's kind of confirmed to me that my decision to go back to school and say nutrition is the right one, because I see all of my interests coming together in the things that the dietitians uh, in the private practice, what they're working on with clients. They're all things that I'm really interested in and passionate about. So it, it's made it feel so much more worth it to me, even when I'm in classes that I don't love. Like there's there have definitely been some classes in my first year where I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like this is related <laughs> to what I want to do in the future. But knowing that at the end of it is something that I, I think I'll really love is has been keeping me going. And yeah, I just I know that that once I get to the end of it, I think it's going to be something that is going to be a career I love. I think even me going back to school for nursing, I, I feel the exact same way where I'm like, oh, another, like you said, yours is three years, right? Because you get transfer credits, but mine is a full four years again of working in groups, group presentation and everything. And just like thinking about all of that again, like, yeah, I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm prepared. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I see the light at the end of the tunnel and this is a career that hopefully will interest me that I'm actually in school and I get to do some clinical rotations. But like you said, it's like, I'm looking forward to the end of like when I get my licensing. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it is good to have that end goal in mind to see it there. And when you're, when you're, you know, having a late night or you're working hard on a project and it just feels like such a slog through it, that it's nice to be able to look to that. But I'm also, the other thing I do want to make sure I'm doing is taking time in the moment and being like, okay, maybe I don't love this group project that I'm working on, but I do want to enjoy being a student because I think looking back at my time at Mac, I loved it. Like I, I look back at living in a house with uh, six other people and be like, I, that was amazing. And I wish I'd cherished those times in the moment, uh, even the even the more challenging times. So that's I've also been keeping that in mind is as much as I do want to get to the end and be pursuing a career. I think there are certain advantages that come with being a student. Yeah. So I've been also trying to stay present as much as I can. You both like inspired me so much. I could never <laughs> watch me go back into my second degree. Oh my God, that'd be too crazy. But uh, you guys, I find, yeah, have really taken something you guys actually liked to do, right? And you still found your way back to school and actually pursue it. And it, I think it's like both of you guys are taking the responsibility of getting it done to actually make your dreams come true. And it's so important that we like we talk about the transitions and the switches because I remember going to like some conference at school and then some people would just gloss over and like yeah and I just did this this and this and this is how I got here but 
I think what you guys both have illustrated is that like it's a windy path to where you want to go. Speaking of windy paths, when did you officially start Nipple to Nourish? And you have gone through now almost your second degree. You're working at a private practice. You have done a little bit of blogging with Nibble to Nourish. Yeah, where do you see it going with all this newfound knowledge? Yeah, um, well, I, w- I wish I could say almost my second degree. I feel like I still have, I still have some time to get there. Um, but I do have some dreams for Nibble to Nourish over the as I'm going through the rest of this degree. Where it started was I'd been thinking for a while about creating an Instagram account for it because I hadn't been as active on the blog and I really liked the idea of taking more photos and posting things that are quick, like blog posts started to become kind of a just a lot like I I think I put way too much pressure on myself with it as I do with a lot of things that I take up as hobbies. And I've lost some of the the excitement for it. So starting the Instagram account, I was like, oh, this would be a fun pastime. But I wasn't sure whether I should. And I was worried like, oh, people are going to think it's dumb. I don't really know why I thought that. But that, you know, I think those are just the thoughts that kind of go through your mind when you're starting something new. And I wasn't sure if I had anything to say or share if I'd be able to be consistent with it. Uh, But at the start of the pandemic, I realized that I really should stop limiting myself based on others' perceptions of me or the things that I was doing. And I knew that even if Nibble to Nourish didn't become successful in any way, like my friends would enjoy seeing it and I could share things that I was thinking about with them. That's something that's that's kind of kept me posting is when people respond to my stories or they tell me they made one of my recipes. Because I think, because there have been times I felt kind of discouraged with it, like seeing other accounts that have started at the same time as mine really take off. And my account is definitely not very large by any means, but I still love doing it. I love connecting with people on there. And yeah, it's just a great platform to, to share and, and to be creative. But I was talking with one of my one of my closest friends the other day and she really emphasized for me the important importance of following your joy and continuously showing up for yourself to create more happiness in your life uh, regardless of what other people are doing. So even if something you're doing something and you don't feel like it's making any kind of broad impact, if it's making an impact on you and your enjoyment of life, that's completely worth it. I love that because literally me and Anika at every admin meeting, we ask each other, are we still having fun doing this? And I think that's the most important part because I feel like once you create something like your like this was our passion project, right? This still is, but we still want to make sure that it's not a chore and we're not like another thing on our to-do list today. Like, gosh, let's just get it over with. We still see it as something that we definitely most, speaking for myself, I definitely look forward to. Mackenzie, do you kind of see this as a chore for yourself or do you more so see it as like, I freaking love doing this so much, like still? Um, I think that there have been times when I have started to see it as a chore. And I think that's a sign that I need to change something. And so recently, I was seeing creating recipes as a chore. I'm like, I don't really I don't feel inspired to make new recipes. There are so many amazing recipe Instagrams that I follow and I make their recipes because I don't really feel inspired with that. But lately, I've been more interested in sharing about other aspects of well being about personal development and mindfulness and, and body image and topics that are just about kind of related to food in some ways, but not always related to food and just related to health and well-being in general. And with that, I've really been more excited about posting. And yeah, I think there, I've been having a lot more inspiration with that. Like one, one night I just sat down, I was writing out all these ideas and feeling really inspired. And I know when I get into that zone where I just, yeah. I'm brimming with ideas, that's, that's the sign that I've landed on something that is, is a good thing and that, that I'm following that, that joy, that happiness. 
For sure, yeah. So we talked about high school and university. We also talked about you currently in the midst of doing your second undergrad degree, as well as your time working with the private practice. What do you envision for yourself in the near future? Or better yet, what are you starting out with right now? Um, So after graduation, I would love to work in a private practice setting immediately because I think that's where I can see myself combining all my interests in nutrition and fitness and mindfulness and writing and like habits, um, because that's another thing I'm really interested in, and helping people make positive changes in their lives in this very holistic way. But I also don't really know what the future holds. Like right now, I would love to work the private practice that I'm currently working for, but maybe during the rest of my degree, I'll fall in love with some other area of dietetics. There's still so much of my journey left here. Like I've still got two years of undergrad and then at least one year of a, of a master's slash practicum. So there's plenty of time to, to figure things out. But my ultimate dream right now would be working as a private practice dietitian online and living in some different place in the world. I've, I mentioned before that I after I graduated, I was planning to travel and I did do that. I lived and I worked in the Canary Islands for seven months in 2019 and 2020. So going back to Spain is definitely something I consider because it was it was really great and uh, other places in Europe would also be super cool to explore and visit because I think having having a vision for where you want to go is great like I'm really happy to have this goal that I can work towards but I think the most important thing is really picking a direction picking some direction and taking some action because if you point yourself at one goal and you take some steps towards it even if it's not the right goal it's better than just staying stagnant because you don't know what you want to do and once you get started that's when the opportunities start coming and presenting themselves along the way. And then in terms of Nibble to Nourish, I really hope to continue to use it as a platform to share about nutrition and mindset and well-being and and just my life in general. Maybe it will become a platform in the future for my work as a dietitian, but we'll see how things unfold with that. Okay, so to finish off, so I feel like just like your story in itself is such a good reminder of like a bit of a journey to get where you want academically professionally and then also food wise too and we were just wondering if like somebody who's right now listening who may be like in high school or like early adolescence there is a listener out here um, listening to you today and actually really resonates with your story what can you give our listeners like any tips or advice that you thought helped you the most on this journey and if somebody wants to make that change in their life like how could they start today and what tips can you give them yeah so I think one thing that's really changed a lot in my life is getting into mindfulness and meditation and I started that maybe in about second year, and I did it on and off throughout university, but this year I got quite serious about it, and I I meditate each day. And I think that's really showed up in being able to notice when I'm having uh, limiting beliefs or negative self-talk and being able to reframe that. And it's not, it doesn't mean that those kind of thoughts disappear, but it's sort of about recognizing when they're happening and being able to 
flip that into something that's more positive. So I would say that is one thing. Like if to get started today, I would download an app. Like if you if you even have the slightest bit of curiosity about meditation, download an app and they're great for getting into it. I use Calm, but Headspace is also a good one. There's one called Insight Timer. You could also just go like top 10 best meditation apps. There's so many. So that's one thing. I think another thing is for this made a big difference for me is doing a lot of reading about personal development and habits and really zoning in on your habits because my favorite quote is from the author James Clear and it's every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become and I think that it really just speaks to the power of small daily actions adding up to the life that you want to live so if you want to become someone who is active, someone takes care of your bo- their body, it doesn't have to be you go to the gym for an hour and you eat only vegetables and protein. Like it's just one small action. It's, you know, maybe you add in a bit of protein at breakfast and you go for a 15 minute walk on your lunch break. And it's those little actions that really add up over time. So that's, and James Clear, his book is called Atomic Habits. It's my favorite book, and I would totally recommend reading that. The other book that's really shaped my personal development journey is called This Is Day One, A Practical Guide to Leadership That Matters by Drew Dudley. And that one talks about treating every day like it's day one. Like it's, because when you show up on the first day of a job, for example, you're the most committed, you're there on time, you're working hard, you want to impress people, you want to do your absolute best. Maybe impressing people is a bad example. But you want to do your absolute best. And uh, same thing with values. Like once you identify the things that you value and you show up each day demonstrating those values, you look back on the day and you're like, okay, if my value is growth, I did this small thing that shows that my value is growth. If my value is self-awareness, here's the thing I did to, to act in that way. So it's easy to build this identity for yourself and become the person that you want to be through these small actions. So in that way, it's kind of related to the, the habits thing as well. Amazing. Those are all really, really great resources. We actually started a book club on this podcast. So we will be taking those books into consideration for our next book that we're reading. So we are really excited. And I'm, I really like the James Clear quote too. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. I think that's so powerful just because I think, like you said, every little action you do, it might not seem like it will be such a big impact and you might not see like, okay, well, like, what do I get out of this? But it's something like, for me, I think even like doing yoga, for example, or even meditation, I don't really see the effects right away. It's not like, oh, yeah, and here comes my six pack right after 30 minutes. It's not like that quick of an impact. It's more so like when I stop meditating that's when I kind of see like, oh, okay, I kind of correlate it. Okay, so if I don't do it, then like, this is kind of what happens. And like, all of these negative side effects start to come in. Yeah, I think a good thing to do a good exercise is to think about the person that you want to show up as. And maybe in some ways, you're already showing up as that person. And in some ways, you want to improve. But how does that person living your life? What what is their morning routine look like? How are they? What kind of things are they thinking about themselves? What do their habits look like? What does their circle of friends look like? And once you have an idea of what you're working towards, then you can check in with yourself as you're going throughout your day. Like, is this, am I showing up in the way that I want to? It's not like one day you just instantly transform into this version of yourself, this future self. But as it, you know, you're casting votes every day towards that person that you want to be. Um, I think one thing that it is important to note with 
looking forward to this future self and at the the kind of person that you want to create in the future, that's great. And it's, it's a really great tool for you to use to reach your goals. But I think being in the moment as well and showing some compassion for the version of yourself that you are right now, because even if you haven't reached that amazing future version that you envision for yourself, you still have so much to offer and offering yourself that self-acceptance in the moment is incredibly important. And the way that you get to the version of you that you really, that that you're working towards, that the person who is meeting those goals that you've set for yourself is, it's not through being a harsh critic and saying, this is where you screwed up. This is where you, where you need to get better. It's about giving yourself some grace and some compassion and saying, you know, I'm not going to make the right decision all the time, but uh, when I do make mistakes, I can offer myself love and remind myself that it's okay. You know, I can try again the next day. Yeah, it's a, I think just having that self acceptance in the moment, regardless of where you are at in your journey, is very important. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like we always say to our listeners on our podcast, be gentle with yourself and be kind to yourself because at the end of the day, you're a human being. You're just a small little bean in the great big world. And I feel like the world is sometimes really mean and and people can get really angry and mad with you. So like you tried your best and that's all you can hope for. And as long as you're putting in 100% effort into whatever you might be doing, you should still be happy for yourself and you should still be really proud of what you've done. Yeah, I really like that you said that because I feel like one of the biggest things is like, you don't know until the time has passed by most likely and maybe what you've been dreaming of the entire time like you already have it so like think of right now oh a couple years ago or when you were younger like did you dream of this life you're living and maybe you have like you've put in the work for many years and then sometimes it's already there or you have all these things that you have right now and you didn't even recognize it yet but I think it's just having the awareness and also again like the mindfulness it can really center you and then really ground you while you're trying to move forward yeah and like that that gratitude in the moment having hope for the future having hope that things are going to continue to to unfold the way you want them to but maintaining that gratitude for all the things that you have now that you know, that you were wanting. I think there's some good quote about that. I can't pull it out right now. But you two years ago would be grateful to be where you are right now, something along those lines. But yeah, I think just recognizing how far you've come already in your journey. Kenzie, thank you so much for coming on to the Starting Out podcast for sharing your really personal stories from high school to university and just getting really personal with us and our listeners as well. And more importantly, your journey with nutrition and giving some tips to our listeners. So where can we and our listeners find you if they want more information? Yeah, so my website is nibbletonourish.com. I haven't been posting on there as frequently. The place where I'm more active is my Instagram account, which is at nibbletonourish. And yeah, that, if you want to chat about anything nutrition or about, related or about life in general, you can find me there. Yeah, for sure. All of our listeners right now, please give her some love on Instagram. Furthermore, if you are struggling with your relationship with food or body image, even if you think your problems may not be that severe, it may still be good to seek additional support from a professional, access resources online, or even school therapists if you're in university or college and anywhere else that you may find help. So Mackenzie, yet again, thank you so much for your time and we will see you all on the next one. You have just been listening to the Starting Out Podcast. If you liked today's episode, 
please make sure to rate and like the show. Also, leave us a review. It helps us a lot. To never miss an episode, please subscribe and turn on notifications. We love to hear from you. So if you want to chat with us, tweet us at starting out pod. Links are in the description. As always, we are so excited for you to start out on your journey all while listening to ours. See you in the next one.